0: This reading of the Sukhmani Sahib comes from its transposition into the English language. Aspati 1. Acknowledge before all else that it is God himself who is the true enlightener. He who has existed from before time began to run its course, who exists now and will exist forevermore. This song of peace is a eulogy to that Lord who is all-pervading and who dwells in the hearts of all those who love him. He who through his love for us reduces all our worries and problems as we meditate on him and his manifestations. Even the slight knowledge of him will fill us with wonder and a love for him. Meditating on his name will spiritually uplift us. Through meditation, many advantages will accrue if it is done in the company of the holy. By learning to understand and believe in the name, the continuing rounds of transmigration may be broken. By repeating the name, The fear of death will be removed, mental alertness will be improved, personal sorrows and pains will diminish, even as the admission of godliness to the mind will overcome all other thoughts. It is by such thinking that godliness begins to pervade our being. Through God, everything is attainable. Worldliness and attachment will be overcome as the name encourages us to devotion, knowledge, and wisdom. By maintaining a continuing thought for God, we can prepare our minds to accept His grace and make repeated pilgrimages within ourselves. Through humility and love, our lives will prosper. We shall be able to shed His radiance about us. Of all the spiritual practices that we may become aware of, The continuous remembrance and utterance of his name exceeds all else. It will fulfill our every need. It will satisfy us in every aspect and give us hope, especially when we concentrate our minds on the one all-pervading Lord. In contemplating the name, Waiguru will remain continuously in our minds. May I become as a servant to his servants. In loving the name and its repetition, you may attain to all things and become honored by God. It will lead you to becoming a person of recognized ethical standing. It will lead you to the highest of earthly honors. It is also in this manner that you may find earthly bliss. Pray for the sight of such persons as have already attained to this through the grace of God. It is this continuous remembrance of God that gives us the inner strength to work for the public good. For, by possessing inner peace, we more easily overcome worldly obstacles. Our lives become controlled as we follow the path of righteousness and live ever in the presence of God. In the company of such persons, be ever alert, for who knows when God may call to them. With the remembrance of God filling every unoccupied thought in the mind, with the tongue repeating the name, so a peace will descend on the mind and lift it above worldliness. The joy of repeating God's name induces heavenly harmony as one's inner vision becomes fixed on God. Only those graced by him can know of this. If only I could join their fellowship. It is this searching for the name that has led mortals to becoming holy in various ways, using various means. It has led to the many scriptures being written. It has turned ordinary people into enlighteners. It is for such a purpose that God made this world, for he is the cause of all causes, the creator of all forms. He himself, as a formless one, enjoys the continuous singing to and praising of his name. With God's grace, you too may come to an understanding of the thinking behind the continuous repetition of the name as taught in the teachings of the Guru. Ashpadi too. O thou who gathers to thyself in love the deserted and the lost, who destroys pain and suffering, who fills every heart with love, may I too become a receiver of thy mercy. O God, please help me. When this life's course is run, only the name can accompany you into the next world. Only the name can stand by, support and encourage you in every situation of both life and death. Only the name can uplift you when deeds cannot help. There is no other way in which sin can be washed away. Practice always repeating the name. This is the Guru's way and will bring you many blessings. The repetition of the name provides our only escape from worldliness and attachment. In no other way can worldly desires be so easily subjugated since wealth, empire and attachment cannot contain them. Even in the valley of death, The name can accompany you long after all the others have left. Such a blessing should be forever remembered. In life, it leads to the highest destiny and in death, to honour in God's court. When you feel beyond all human aid, when the world threatens to crush you, when you feel completely alone, remember the name. The name can rescue you at once and bring you to inner peace even the bounds of transmigration may be terminated by it. In life, when self-conceit and ego defile the soul, only the name can clean it. Love the name with all your heart. It can most easily be found in the company of good people. When in the valley of death, where the way is perilous and long, and where in its sting gloom your friends will not be with you, Only the name can accompany you and light your path. Crossing the deserts on the way, the name will provide shade for you and ever refreshing nectar. With God's grace, all this may come to you. With the saints and holy people, the name is forever in use. It is enshrined in their hearts. It is praised by day and night. It provides their refuge from the troubles of life The name is a constant source of blessing. It has saved millions. It is a gift from heaven, a bounty from the one God. Through its constant use is engendered heavenly wisdom. To the lovers of God, life is impossible without his name. It provides for all their needs. It sustains them. It fulfills them. Its use diminishes their worldly problems. They never feel alone. It gives them a feeling of inward exaltation and provides a continuing comfort. All this, even as they try constantly to improve their relationship to God. To the servants of God, God's name becomes a treasure. It becomes a refuge. Then, as they become more and more permeated by their love for God, so the repetition of his name will become an all-absorbing practice by both day and night. By their appearance of inner rapture other people will know that they have become blessed and join their holy company. Through them they too may find a path to God. Talking and learning about God is the way to Elysium in both life and death. Even just by hearing of the name one's pains and sorrows may flee. To glorify the name is a continuous task for those who are blessed. It is this which transfigures them. Only by great good fortune can such persons be found. From them learn the practice of the name, for there is nothing to compare with it. This knowledge, obtainable from the guru, is only given to a select few. Aspadi three, Prologue. Though there are many books on morals and religion, no other system offers such a direct method of obtaining grace as doth the Guru's way. That is, by the constant repetition of the name. Waigū, Waigū, Waigū. Should you follow any other system for self-endearment to God, or follow any other of the many practice methods for obtaining merit, including that of submitting oneself to lifelong penance or austerity, there is not one of these that has any true comparative value, to even one single act of the contemplation of God as directed by the Guru's word. Whatever a person does that is motivated by worldliness will not help them to attain to the Lord. Wandering the earth, becoming a recluse, incinerating oneself, giving away all one's possessions in charity, practicing yoga, submitting oneself to slow torture, not one of these will help for the pride of suffering will be there. The Guru tells us that the panacea for all earthly ills lies in the use by anybody of the Lord's name and its continuous, sincere repetition. This alone can bring mortals to their highest destiny. If a person undergoes all forms of physical trial, even to death, it will not remove any vanity or pride in having accepted a pain in silence No external bathing or scourging can clean the mind. How valueless is all this physical activity when one considers that with his grace, through the glory of his name alone, the very worst of sinners have been saved. Understand, that knowledge on its own cannot help you, for it cannot assuage your fear of death, nor nurture your soul, even as any form of dress that you may wear cannot cool a burning heart, There is no way in which you can smuggle yourself into the kingdom of God. Wherever you travel in worldliness, sin will be your companion, even as your passions will mislead you. Everything you do is accountable for in the court of the king of death. Only the praises of the Lord can help you at such a time. Nanak says, and without reserve, through him all pain departs. If a person desires to seek for the blessings of both an earthly and a spiritual life, let them seek the company of the holy. If they wish for a distress-free life, then they should continuously render the praises of the Lord. If they wish for earthly renown, then forego egoism and practice humility. If they fear the continuance of transmigration, then seek the company of those who only desire a sight of God. I would be a sacrifice to them. They who forego their own ego and pride and practice humility shall become as princes amongst men. By becoming humble and observing the dust of all men's feet, by seeing God in every heart, by bearing no malice and seeing a friend in all, one shall become esteemed as the highest of the high. The truly godly person equates pleasure with pain, and remains undistracted by the deeds, good or evil, of others. O Lord, thy name is truly the panacea for all ills, for the poor, the homeless, and those with hungry souls and aching hearts. Thou art the inspirer and prompter of all deeds, the one who can see into all hearts. As Nanak says, only thee alone can thyself measure Of thee thine own love was born. In thy will, thou thyself sings thine own praises, for no other could probably know how. Of all the known religious ways, that of Nam Simran, coupled with purity of conduct, is the best. Correct and purge oneself of sin by associating with the good, those who practice self-discipline, Practice a constant devotion to the repetition of the name. Accept, as most sacred, the utterance of God's name, and as most divine, that place where the name of God actually became realized in your own heart. Nam Simran is interpreted as the repetition of the name. Ashpati 4, prologue. O oh, insignificant mortal of childish ways, Remember always that Lord who made you, he who will always stand by you, especially when you are in trouble. O foolish mortal, how long is it since you last counted your blessings? How grateful are you for all the advantages that you have in life, your physical and mental assets, your food and home, your clothes, your family and friends, and all those other things that in a worldly way help to make life worth living. Without self-discipline and remembrance of the name, it is so easy to forget him who provides for all. Ask now for his mercy that you may obtain this understanding. Remember that it is through his grace that you have all his earthly gifts with which to live and enjoy yourselves. Water to drink, winds to cool you, family and friends to look after you and your five senses that enable you to appreciate all there is about you. Yet in spite of this, you still persist in regarding things of the passing moment only as being more worthy of your attention. Oh, you blind and ingratitude. Please, Lord, forgive us and try to save us in your grace. Regard again that Lord who keeps you safe in life. Are you not drawn to him who does so much for you? He who asks for no return, in whose service you may obtain wealth on earth and in heaven, who is ever with you day by day. Only a fool cannot realize these truths. Only a fool will remain mentally blind. O Lord, in spite of this, please extend your mercy even to such stupid ones. Cultivate within yourselves the power of discernment. Learn to distinguish between the transient and the permanent. Look beyond the immediate desire. Think continuously about that Lord who is your friend for all time. Consider the ass, which even, which even when cleaned and perfumed, still prefers to roll in the dust. As an animal, it cannot understand, but you as a mortal can. O Lord, please help all those who need Thee. Beware of hypocrisy. Beware of the hypocrite. In its very insidiousness lies its danger. The garments of sanctity cannot hide the heart of worldliness or the learned talk, raptured looks, religious bathing, the swage and inner greediness. Even as passion, burning high in the mind, cannot be masked by an ascetic's ashes. How can any such person hope to cross the ocean of life in safety? If such a one were to allow God into their heart and life, then both their conduct and outlook would improve. If a person is blind, how can they find their way by seeing? If death, then all talk to them is as nothing. If dumb, how can they sing? If crippled, how could they climb mountains? With your aid, many such can achieve their temporary goal. The blind may be led, the cripple assisted and the deaf and dumb befriended. O Lord of all mercy, please visit such ones with thy grace that they may accept their condition. Humans persistently mistake the false for the good. They love their enemies, build their houses on sand and enjoy all the temporal pleasures, assuring themselves that they will always exist. In their greed for living They forget that the ending of all is inevitable. So in death, they depart carrying an ever increasing debit of sin, all of which is recorded. O Lord, by thy grace, please encourage them to remember their only true friend and by so doing, start to redeem themselves. Even as thou art our all, so it is to thee that we pray. Our bodies and souls are thy gifts. Even as we grow up with our earthly parents, we are still your children. Our whole life is contained within thy boundaries. We live it only in thy will. Thou art all-pervasive and completely beyond thy comprehension. O Lord, I am forever a sacrifice to thee. As five, those who forget God are doomed to live an unrewarding life but those who continuously remember the name will obtain merit in God's court. So perverse are people that while they normally ignore most of God's gifts, they still complain bitterly if one of a more than usual passing interest is missing. Then, because of such petty disappointment, they lose faith in God. Yet what if God were to withdraw all his gifts? What then? Let us therefore remember at all times with immense gratitude that continuous stream of bounties which God provides for us so unceasingly. Let us contemplate in wonder and submission that Lord who endows us with so many blessings in this life. Even as a banker advances capital, so the Lord advances his gifts to us, though freely. Why then feel offended if at some time He desires to take some back. Think then of that time in which you have had their use. By becoming offended, you will only lose merit in God's court. Instead, offer to Him everything you have. Surrender even yourself willingly on His demand. His blessings will then be heaped upon you. Know for sure that the Master is ever generous. In the passing of time, All worldly joys are seen to be transient, even as the physical self deteriorates. The shade of the tree moves as the sun pursues its course. Only the fool wishes it to stay still for his personal convenience. Whatever we see or experience in this world is fleeting. Even our deepest and most sincere earthly love can obtain no permanent return. Only our love for the name can bring us inner peace and eternal solace for that love is directly of God. All our possessions are for this short breath of life only. All we have will perish. Our physical attributes we shall lose with the passing of the years. Our worldly assets will all be left behind when we enter the valley of death. There our self-importance will be stripped away and all our materialistic hopes and wishes will not help us one iota. We live this life with nothing save our love for God, which is imperishable. This faith, practiced in the company of the holy and in daily meditation on the feet of God, is our path to salvation. Vanity is an all-consuming evil and is a prompter of many lesser evils. The ears that listen to slander, the hands that steal, the lustful eyes, the hastening feet bent on evil ways, avarice and greed, the covetous heart, the predilection to evil, the body used for selfish ends. Those who do not realize these things are themselves vain. Make your life worthwhile. Fill your every thought with the Lord's name. Vanity can undermine the whole of your being. Its worldly demands override all thoughts of godliness. Such a life becomes worthless, even as the crops in a field go to waste without rain. In this manner, your life will pass unproductively, for without the name, a life is as useless as the money of the miser, which is kept only for its counting. To become pure, you must learn of the truth, without which all things lose their purpose and meaning. Nanak says, They in whose hearts the name dwells are blessed. To them I give my life as an offering. Sincerity of heart is essential in worshipping the name. God, who knows everything, knows as well the depth of your belief. He knows if you are true and sincere in thought and deed. He alone can break the rounds of transmigration. When a person has God sincerely in their heart, then any preaching to others Will become acceptable and conscientiously considered. Only those who have been graced by God can truly realize him in their own hearts, for they have joined the blessed. May I bow to the feet of such holy ones. Pray always to that God who pervades all things, for he alone can also exalt all things. All things come from him. He oversees and judges all. To some he appears near, to others far away yet always he knows our thinking day by day he is in every place so that he can draw to himself anyone at any time anyone so drawn will know that they have become blessed and forthwith become a true servant of God therefore in hope apply yourself to the worship of God every moment of your life As 6 O Lord Please may we come and take refuge with you. Could you, in your divine mercy, help us to overcome within ourselves worldliness, lust, anger, greed and pride, so that in seeking you we may also find inner peace. Always remember that Lord who provides for you in so many respects. The food you eat, the perfume you wear, the house you live in, the family who cares and the many indulgences of mind and body. Is he not worthy of your constant devotion? Consider him at all times. Unremittingly render his praises. In this way, he will help you to improve your life, for his aid and mercy are always extended, particularly to those who constantly love and praise him. It is through his grace that you have fine clothes, a comfortable bed, that you obtain honour amongst men. Since his grace gives you so much, render his praise at all times. Honour him with your constant remembrance. Who else could provide for you in such a manner? Who else helps you to maintain your inner convictions? Look up to him always, for he is the supreme one. It is your devotion to him that will earn you merit in his court and allow you to enter his house in triumph. Additionally, remember too that it is his grace that has given you your body and his various attributes that has raised you so high in the total of all He living creatures, that helps you to save your own reputation from harm and overcome your personal faults. For all these things, remember God with love. Praise him constantly and so obtain peace of mind. Submit to him as your supreme master, for it is through him alone that you have obtained to this present state of existence. To him unceasingly offer all of your love. It is the Lord's kindness that provides for self-decoration, that provides the various animals for your domestic use, that produces the crops you cultivate in your fields, so enabling you to live and, in addition, obtain wealth and respect. So why hesitate to cherish him in your heart? Clasp him to you as your Lord. Cherish him at all times, whatever you are doing. It was he who moulded your being. He is the one incomprehensible Lord who will always protect you. It is his bounty that allows you to indulge in charity. His kindness that allows you to maintain tradition. His grace that has physically endowed you and given you good family. For all these things and more, keep him constantly in your mind. Think of him as the Lord of unequaled beauty. Remember his kindnesses every moment of your life. It is his goodness that will uphold your honor in his court. Praise him ever as the Guru directs you. Through his goodness you have become endowed with your five senses through the medium of which you become so enriched. Think of beautiful music, incomparable scents, indescribable flavours and the limbs you have which enable you to move and explore things. All these things contribute to giving you a life of comfort, a life of fruitfulness and the ability to tread that path which shall lead you to your highest destiny. So attaining to both earthly bliss and mental peace. Which other than the one Lord could help you in so many ways? Be guided by the Guru. He will awaken you. O inconsiderate mortal, never forget that Lord who does so much for you, through whose kindness you may obtain distinction and become clothed in glory. Think of his goodness. Be aware that he is with you at all times. Through his grace only, may you attain to the truth. So come always to him in love, Meditate on his name, for it is his grace alone that can save mankind. His revelation in you will come only by his grace. It is then that in your heart his love will grow. It is then that his name will become implanted on your tongue and he will grant you the ability to render his praises. The Lord pleases himself as to when he will make his abode in the heart of a mortal and then give them understanding. O Lord, Everything we have of value stems from thee and thy mercy. For we of ourselves have no power. We, as thy creatures, can only do what it is in your design for us to do. As Paddy 7, salvation is here for anyone who regards a supreme being as being approachable, even though unfathomable. Read now a story of faith, as Guru Nanak tells it. Disciples who associate with persons of faith will find their whole lifestyle improving as spiritual knowledge grows in their minds. They will experience an inner cleaning. Their vanity will lessen as they come to a better understanding of the word. As they realize the nearness of God, so they will obtain that jewel of divine knowledge, the Name, around which their lives will then start to center. Who can describe a person of faith? Frequently, Their glory is such that they attain to godliness. It is in the fellowship of the good that a person comes to know about that God who is the improver of all life. There they learn to control their senses. They become humble before their fellow men. Their thinking becomes stable and they deal with reality. As they talk, they spread enchantment. The name brings them joy and hope even as their minds find peace. Such persons become pleasing to God. In the company of their newfound friends, they become free from evil. They learn how to change enemies into friends. They forego malice and look down on none. Looking about, they see their Lord everywhere, that Lord of supreme joy. They abandon pride and subdue their sense of self. For once, having entered the company of the good, there is no turning back. Such is the way of holy people and their effectiveness for the Lord that only he knows of their greatness. The servant so often becomes like his master. In the company of the good, a person finds stability even as their mind finds peace. As their comprehension of the incomprehensible grows, they start to live on a higher spiritual plane and begin to appreciate that basic essence of all religions that God is only one. As they are granted the treasure of the name, they begin to see God everywhere, this bringing them still nearer to him. All this comes as the result of joy, joining the fellowship of people with faith. To such ones, I lay my life at their feet. By joining such company, one may also save all their relatives and friends, for they tap into a store of immense spiritual wealth, so great that others too, become blessed in abundance. Even the king of death will offer homage while the angels and lesser gods will tell of such a one's glory. It is in the company of the good that sins are removed, that one learns to render the praises of the ambrosial name. It is from them one may learn to feel at home under all circumstances, even as the quality of one's life will continue to improve. Having been accepted, into the Holy Congregation, one's life becomes far easier as God's now continuous presence within brings inner peace. It dispels inner darkness and the fear of hell. It brings a much improved prospect in this life, both now and in the future. For as one attains to God, so God himself comes into union with them. In the company of the faithful, there is always hope. No one is turned away empty-handed. For God himself resides in the hearts of his saints, as the way to salvation is unfolded by them in their teachings. In the company of the good, the name of God is heard continuously. His praises are rendered. God is always present and never out of our minds. We know that he will look after us. In the company of the faithful, he can most easily be seen in every heart. There, one can learn to be obedient to him, In this way your life may become healthy and fulfilled. How fortunate is one to meet such people of faith. The actual greatness of a person of faith is not describable. It takes them beyond the world of perception, beyond even the phenomenal world. Their greatness is as God himself. It fills all places. It is inexhaustible. It is infinite. It is beyond all known things. It is immeasurable. It is of God alone, in truth there is little difference between God and his saint. Ashpadi 8. The God conscious persons demonstrate these qualities, they think about, talk about and look ever for the true one, in everything, everywhere and all the time. The God conscious person always tries to remain unsullied by worldliness, especially when contact with it becomes unavoidable in the normal course of life. They develop patience and try to look on all alike in humility and helpfulness. Tolerance becomes their byword as they observe the same wind blowing on all, the same sun shining on all, even the earth remaining unmoved in spite of all the activity on it. These become their examples. Through this they find inner strength and become as a fire which warms lights, and purifies. Their souls become clean as they are washed in the nectar name. Their thinking becomes heightened as they learn to look on all alike. Through their inner exaltation, they find humility in life and so lose their worldliness. They become aware of their own absolute insignificance under the canopy of the universe. Only those who the Lord graces can attain to this experience. In humility, they become as dust under all men's feet. Kindliness and understanding pervade their being as they detach from worldliness. Loosening the entanglements of life, they become radiant as earthly bliss permeates their being. With an ever-growing knowledge of God, they find inner peace as their souls become more and more dependent on the name which now dominates their thinking. In this newly understood knowledge of God, their spirits become imperishable. Humility and benevolence now characterize their makeup. Through self-control, they impose constraints on all their actions. They exemplify the benefits of contemplation. Those who come within their influence join the saved. Through this personal experience, their whole lives are now attuned to God his name becomes their all. As their awareness of him continues to grow, so they saturate themselves in the blissful company of their Lord. Their lives become one of continuous inner joy, and in death it is this joy that will bring them to the abode of peace. The God-conscious person grows in mental stature. Even as their love of God grows, so their worldly cares diminish. Their motive or living changes for God now guides their course. Their inner radiance brings many to seek them even those of unusual attributes. To such a person I would willingly lay down my life as they attain to a godlike quality. To such a person we should come in reverence. Who can praise their true worth or the compass of their saintliness? As a God conscious person We should acknowledge their perfection. With such godliness, who can tell the limit of their abilities? For they can become masters of all, subject only to God's will. These God-conscious persons may be raised to the highest spiritual level. They become a mortal example of the formless one, as with him they attain oneness. In turn, they become a refuge for the forsaken and lost. They guide lost souls and prepare a new path for them. All become part of their family. No other mortals can compare with them. They exude saintliness. In truth, they become as an earthly lord. As Paddy 9 There are innumerable types of religios, including those total abstainers from all worldliness. Yet those who cherish the name surpass them all. Those who can see the Lord reflected in all men, who adore him every moment of their lives, could, with his grace, save the whole world. In the whole of humanity, where is that one who can attain complete worldly detachment? The one whose tongue will have no occasion to lie, who every day practices the custody of the eyes, whose ears are always tuned to celestial music, who conquers the self and purges the mind of all earthly desires, yet still admits to inner simpleness? Their attainment comes through an all-absorbing love of God, that intuitive, constant awareness of the Master at all times, even as they perform their savour for the good ones. They know that the Guru's aid is always there to help them. The word savour. Service for others without any thoughts of the self. Consider the ordinary non-violent everyman who through an intuitive awareness of God overcomes his worldliness, who loses his desire for material reward, even for his labor, and then devotes his entire life to extolling the praises of the Lord, who through understanding the import of the word allows kindness gentility and mercy to pervade his life, who, in following this path, encourages others to do the same. Truly, such a one reaches to the highest attainment in life. Think now of those whose life is directed to one objective, the love of God, who acknowledge no evil, who free their minds from all superstition, who see the presence of God in all things, and who, in spite of all this, still seek the company of the holy, who labor night and day in the service of God, so developing a deep personal attachment to him by this dedication of their entire lives. Such ones will obtain their desires, they will attain to God. Again, consider those who trained minds, the teachers, who imbued with the name, cultivate their own souls and then instruct the whole world in the wonders of God who, having studied all the various religious books, can discourse on them at length and in detail, whose constant refreshment is the nectar name, and whose following is of all men, as they expound on the teachings of the Guru. To such persons all should pay homage. Even as every mortal is born with a soul and conscience, so contained therein is the seed of the name. Once discovered, anyone can cultivate it, Then, by joining the company of the holy, learn how to encourage its growth. In this way, an early salvation can be attained, since the grace of God can then enter your heart, that same grace which can even bring inanimate objects to salvation. A knowledge of the name is a gift from God. It cannot be obtained in any other way. It can cure disease as it can radiate health and joy. It is a free gift to those beings fortunate enough to be inscribed with it by his finger of grace. That person alone, whose heart becomes a dwelling place for God, becomes his true servant. They, who in true humility, become the servants of God's servants. They, who are always aware of the nearness of God, who, living a normal life, still manage to keep their souls free to commune with God at all times so coming to an eventual understanding of the inmost meanings of the word and the name. Such person truly becomes God's servant. The person who attains salvation in this life is evidenced by their continuous love of God. They are ever radiant. They meet with equanimity, joy or sorrow, gold or dust, nectar or poison, honour or dishonour, prince or pauper. They become indifferent to all, for they have obtained union in this life. For them, there will be no more separation. They have obtained immortality while still alive. Everybody's heart is a gift from God. He will live in whichever one he chooses. God is the doer. Whatever pleases him comes to pass. His presence is spread like the waves over the ocean. His ways are inscrutable everyone may see him intuitively in their own way. God himself, the creator of all, is both immortal and most merciful. Throughout time, generations of mortals have discovered him and worshipped him. All of them have felt blessed. Aspati 10. The Lord can always be thanked by your constant recognition of his works and the rendering of his praises. How else? For he is without confine and with an extent and variety to his creation that knows no limit. However hard we try to appreciate his greatness, even using all the tools of modern science, all that we can ultimately ascertain of him is that the more we know, the less we know. Consider those multitudes of people engaged in his worship, residing at various holy places, wandering the earth, engaged in scriptural study, practising constant contemplation and meditation, thinking about him in ordinary life or trying to regard him in some newer aspect, none can ever get any closer to understanding his unfathomableness. In spite of any personal effort, the general course of a person's life is predetermined for them. Witness the self-conceited, those who are mentally blind, the natural misers, the naturally unsociable ones, the envious, the malingerers, the consciousless businessmen, the unsettled and nomadic, all are following their basic natures. Only the creator himself can know of his own purpose in their creation. Additionally, consider the seers, celibates and monks, those born to be kings, the whole panorama of animate and inanimate objects, the elemental substances like air, fire and water, the numerous minerals and ores, galaxies in the universe, the infinite number of mortally created deities. All and everything of this and more comes about only in God's will. Understand, therefore, that the Lord himself chooses who he graces. It is only those so graced that can fulfill the proper purpose of this existence. The forms within each individual type of creation are without limit. Mortals may be of serenity and peace, active or inactive, of controlled or unruly passion. All sorts of guidance has been written up for them. In the ocean's depths there are many things of extraordinary beauty. Many insects are indescribably delicate and lace-like. Many animals are large and long-lived. Hills and mountains differ everywhere. Evil too pervades the world, manifesting itself in spirits, ferocious animals and garbage-eaters. All come from him. He creates them all, He is ever near them, yet far away. He permeates all things, yet still remains apart. In time, myriads remain forever in limbo. Others exist forever in hell, and some remain forever in heaven. Others are given human birth as ordinary mortals. Some pass their lives in toil and torment, others in leisure. Others in wandering. Others become effortlessly rich and enjoy their wealth whilst others, equally rich, become care from the same responsibility. So it is that God keeps mortals in whatever station He chooses. Without a doubt, all power lies in His hands. Spiritually, millions withdraw their affections from worldliness and become attached to His name, even as others seek ever to find the Lord. Many who have a true thirst for God find Him in their own hearts for he is ever willing to come to those who truly search for him. Others seek the company of those regarded by themselves as being good, and from them too they can come to a knowledge of God. Above all are those who God himself calls, for on them he bestows his grace. In the incalculable expanse of the entire universe, where the worlds and their regions are beyond counting, even as the distances become immeasurable, Unaccountable, uncountable other life forms exist and run their lives' courses in the continuous passage and evolution of time. It is only the Lord himself who remains always unchanged and forever existent. All things, both animate and inanimate, spring from him. Even as all comes from him, so all will eventually be reabsorbed back into him. He is all in all himself. His limits are forever unknowable. How then can we best come to know this wonderful Lord? Many approach through serving him, by serving others. In this way they obtain mental illumination. Others try to establish the essence of things and see evidence of the one God everywhere. These, like those who obtain the gift of the name, come to life everlasting and obtain immortality while they who render continuously the praises of the name obtain spiritual bliss and come to understand the divine harmony. Only those whom God graces become his beloved. With them he remains in constant communication as he makes them his own. Ashpadi 11 God is the creator of all things. His presence is made manifest everywhere by nature. In all climes, in all times, both terrestrial and celestial, God himself is all, in all, to all, everywhere. It is from God that all things originate and to him that all will eventually return. He is the cause of all things. His power and creative ability are unlimited. Objects of every sort, animate and inanimate, Of microscopic earthly or universal proportions can be created or destroyed by him in an instant the behavioral patterns of the elements are determined by him nothing can live outside his will he lives in all things and by doing so is always able to observe the workings of his own will mortals live only in God's will and through him alone can they come to salvation in God's will Even the greatest of sinners has been brought to a life everlasting. God, as a doer, can restore the dead to life and bring the fallen to grace. He is the controller of our being, before, during and after our life. Consider him as the stage director and ourselves as part-time players. With us, as with all other things, he also plays and himself selects the part even as he determines all the action. There is no other controller. The course of any mortal's life is always predetermined, and in that he has no will. God exercises the overall control for good or evil, and man, all too often obeying thoughtlessly his inbuilt instincts, gives himself over to evil, where, deluded by worldliness, he loses his sense of direction, becomes vain and allows his ambition to overreach itself and so becomes lost of his master. God however in his love and mercy has given us the knowledge of his name. It is in this that men should absorb themselves. God in his gracious mercy is ever kind to the truly humble. He may raise a slave to kingship or a man of obscurity to worldwide eminence in a moment, for all is as he wills. Those who the gracious Lord blesses have their sins erased instantly. All things belong to him. He is present in all hearts. The whole universe is his. Observe his reflections everywhere. There is nothing that a person can do unaided that will bring them into contact with God. God himself originates all the action. People have only to obey, since it is God's will that always ultimately prevails. This, in spite of man's feelings of hope or depression, joy or sorrow, sulkiness or elation, praising or disparaging others, exploring the heavens or the bowels of the earth. Sometimes we may even gain an insight to divine knowledge. But all and everything emanates from God's will. To further support the sureness of God's complete control and command of all things, consider a person's life, how they wander and search, the periods of excessive sleep, the rages, the sometimes extreme humility, the often overwhelming sense of self-importance, the degradation to beggary, the loss of character, self-belittlement, the ability to win a reputation for being a good person in whatever condition one is or lives in. So God keeps him. The truth is known through the Master's grace. Yet again, a mortal as a scholar may hold forth in learning or be a pilgrim to sacred places or become mute and lost in wonder and contemplation as they try to follow the lifestyle of an ascetic. They may become miracle workers from whose lips pearls of wisdom fall but their souls will wander forever in transmigration from life to life. Insect, animal, reptile, bird, mortal and so on. In each, the soul assuming a different role to play as the varying parts are set for it by the Master. No one can deny this. Only what God wills comes to pass. In all mortal's lives there comes that time when they may enter the fellowship of the Holy, from which there can be no turning back. Once entered, their lives become completely changed as the light within transforms them. Becoming graced by God, they saturate in their love for him. Then, as water joins with water, they become as one. At such a time, their journeyings are over, for they can enter in peace, the eternal abode. Such a vision is overwhelming." Aspadi 12. Those who live simply and are humble in spirit find happiness, but the arrogant and the proud eventually come to self-debasement. The proud one must accept the pride that pride comes before the fall. The proud and arrogant are spiritually foolish, since it is humility, not pride, that is acceptable in God's court. Whoever prides themselves on their personal power will become as the dogs in hell, They who esteem themselves as persons of good works will have to work through many extra lives and deaths. They who are overly proud of their estates are foolish and without regard for the next world. God, in his mercy, can implant the seed of humility into such persons. It will only be then that they may start to strive to attain liberation in this world and peace in the next. Even the richest of people can take nothing with them into the next world If a person thinks here that they are the greatest of all, then in the next world the balance will be set right. If they extol themselves, they can likewise be reduced to ashes. There is nothing in this world that cannot disappear in a flash. Only by learning to efface their pride can such ones hope to find acceptance in God's court. A lifetime of good deeds done in egoism will not help one iota. Since performed in vanity Their only effect is to make the doer feel physically tired. There is no way by penance or austerity that a stony heart may be softened. Even to think of oneself as being good is self-defeating, since it will bar the approach of true goodness. Humility, however, can be discovered and practised. This alone will bring recognisable virtue in its train. The greatest disservice to a mortal is by vanity is for them to consider themselves as being self motivated. They forget that the hand of God is in everything. Vanity and mental tranquility can never be partners. Crediting things to themselves will cause mortals to wander from life to life. So long as they are immersed in worldliness, so long will they incur divine displeasure. Their minds will never be at rest. But if they find the Guru and allow themselves to be guided then God's mercy will attend on them and release them from their pride. The richer a person becomes, the more effortlessly wealth accrues to them. It is in this way that they become embroiled in worldliness and self-indulgence. Their lives as such will only have three phases, eating, working and sleeping, from which no true value may be obtained, as it causes them to overlook God's works and his name. Only when this is realised and the name given its rightful place in their minds can mental tranquillity be obtained. In this, as in all else, everything rests on God's will. As God is always a doer, everyone is as God made them, according to their predetermined destiny. The way of one's life is according to the Lord's pleasure, since, as director, actor, motivator and scriptwriter, He alone knows the all of all. He alone, of all, understands everything all of the time. In his control of mortals, established through the soul and conscience, he adapts the teacher-to-pupil relationship in which his commands to us may be intuitively recognized and interpreted. Thus, in every person he has an extension of himself so that he is always with us everywhere. Our part is to learn to recognize and then to obey his voice. He is just so great that he is beyond the descriptive power of any mortal. God is true and the truth is in God. All that he creates is true, both in its being and in its course in time. The fortunate ones are those who understand this, for they will be able to truly appreciate his mercy, beauty, kindness and formless form as manifested in nature. They listen ever faithfully for his word. By their constant meditation they become the holy and the pure.